0: these guys are nothing you hear me they please just like we do yes sir they sweat just like we do do you hear me they went through two days we went through two days in 110 degree heat yes, i want you to hit everything to move if the ref gets in your way you hear them okay then let's play But that's eating us too That are us too this is our team this is us let's go right now let's get it off now let's go Welcome in the Rob Bro Show. I am Rob Bro. I am the host. You are the co-host. You can text in 806-855-3712. Uh, still some live baseball going on. Texas Tech leading Gonzaga in game four of a four-game series. Five to three in the top of the seventh inning. Texas Tech baseball 3-0 on the season. We'll look around at the rest of the Big 12 a little bit today as well uh, Gonzaga is a good team absolutely uh, but a lot of big 12 teams are playing a lot of good teams this weekend and nobody uh, is doing as well as Texas Tech in this uh, opportunity though Gonzaga has just tied it up with a home run over the uh, top, top of the uh, monster there in center field what a blast good grief that is his second of the year uh, Colomer just manhandled that ball out of the ballpark. Good grief. So 5-5 five to five in the seventh inning. And I'm sure we will uh, see more pitching uh, incoming. Maybe not a pitching change right now. We'll have to see what happens. But uh, we've already seen several today uh, for Texas Tech. So, uh, good for them. Uh, this texter, uh, hey Rob, my overreaction is that Texas Tech baseball is going to Omaha, going to have two first-round draft picks and will host a regional Grande Puyo. Uh it, it is not an overreaction anymore to claim that Texas Tech is going to Omaha. It is not an overreaction anymore to say that Texas Tech will host a regional uh, just based on the last five, six, seven years of Texas Tech baseball. It would be an overreaction to say that Texas Tech is going to have two first-round draft picks. That has never been done, but it would be amazing. And if that happens, you have had a very good year. uh, And you will have hosted a regional, I'm sure. um, It's like uh, Grant Little, Josh Young. That kind of lineup uh, at the top of the order there. If you could have some of these guys unlock what they've been doing this weekend. Obviously a great weekend for Texas State Baseball so far. Again, currently it is five to five. Josh Sanders now on the mound for his second appearance of the year. Uh, just looking down. A couple of Gonzaga guys have had really good weekends. Apodaca at three seventy-five. He's two for three today. Cabalas hitting over three hundred for the weekend. McGee, Calmer. I mean, this is an offense that was really good last year, uh, and a lot of these guys are returners: sophomore, senior, sophomore, junior, sophomore, senior, 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 junior. Uh, a lot of these guys played a lot last year, uh, and on on the opposite end, Texas Tech a lot of new faces. Uh, Hester, Harrelson, Bazell, Green, Cash, Maxi, all getting their first action of the year. Burns as well. And you have some guys on the weekend. Cash hitting six sixty-seven so far. Uh, Ty Coleman at five hundred after going five for five yesterday. Green and Bazell both over three hundred. Harrelson, Hester both at four hundred. Obviously, obviously short sample sizes. Uh, And in baseball, you can be 667 one day and 234 in two days because of uh, having an 0 for day or whatever. But solid, solid uh, start to the season for Texas Tech. And kind of regardless, if you win this one or not today, you obviously want to. Uh, you want to win every game. That's the goal of baseball. That's the goal of uh, sports in general. Uh, but a three and one start against a team like Gonzaga would be a really, really good opening weekend. Uh, as I said, uh, we have the 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 D one baseball rankings out. Uh, Tennessee, LSU, Stanford, Ole Miss, A and M, kind of usual suspects in the top uh, for the Big Twelve. TCU starting two and one in Arlington. Uh, They are 8th best in the Big 12. 15th is Oklahoma State. Texas Tech coming in at 24th after a good opening weekend. The series obviously still going as we talk. Uh, Looking at the score bug from over the weekend, if you're in the Big 12 world, uh, some uh let's how do i want to say it some shocking results is shocking uh, the appropriate term because there were some shocking results this weekend um again some really good competition uh but vanderbilt beating oklahoma state that was a top 10 matchup valprezo on saturday 11-3 over kansas uh, West Virginia losing to Georgia Southern, Central Michigan put up fifteen in an inning against Baylor, beating them twenty to five. TCU hammered Arkansas eighteen to six, and then Arkansas did the same uh, to Texas. I believe the next day, Texas losing to Missouri. Um, rough, rough start for Texas so far. Uh, and then the Sunday capper in Arlington. Uh, Vanderbilt beating Texas, um, Missouri coming back and beating TCU in in uh, extra innings, Arkansas hammering, oh, it was Oklahoma State 18-1, to that was another top 10 matchup. By the way, the college baseball showdown in Arlington, one of the premier college baseball events of the year, I really enjoyed Texas Tech going to that uh, the last two seasons, 2020-2021, or whatever it was, 21-22, and 22, I guess is, is what it was there in Arlington. Uh, really enjoyed being a part of that twice. Uh, but Texas, rough weekend. Uh, they lost to Arkansas Friday. Uh, Oklahoma State, the only team that beat Missouri from the Big 12 this weekend, and TCU beating Vanderbilt. So TCU, really good weekend in Arlington at 2-1. Texas uh 0 and three and texas tech also went 0 and three in arlington their first season there and their season turned out fine uh but man that is a rough start for a team that has high expectations especially in the big 12 and there's no shame in losing to arkansas and vanderbilt and certainly no shame in losing to missouri either who had a good weekend but They'll have to bounce back against Texas a and Corpus Christi, Indiana, uh, before they play LSU. That should be a great game. Uh, and then they'll get to the, uh, the Shriners Children's College Classic in Houston, March 3rd, 4th, and 5th, where for some reason it says they're playing Cal State Fullerton three times in a row. I do not believe that is true. Uh, that would be a good weekend as well. Um... Really excited for that Texas Tech baseball. Overreaction Monday, okay? All right, let's just let's keep it in the vein. Keep it in the overreaction vein. This is the best Texas Tech baseball team since 2019. Uh, I really think that 2020 team was robbed, but because we couldn't get all the way through Big 12 play, and Parker Kelly was having an incredible year that year. Didn't quite get back to that level the rest of his career, though he had put some really good defense down the stretch. Um, even Dylan Carter having a really good year that year, 280 or whatever. That was his best year as a Texas Tech redator. But he also had a, kind of the explosion of Jace Young, the explosion of Nate Rombach. The pitching was deep. Uh, Brian Klein still around. You had a really, really good roster that year. Uh, but the potential on this team is, in my opinion, next level. And I guess you can go back to 2017 for some similarities with so many freshmen uh, being in the lineup and and being in, a, in an opportunity where they can do well. Now that team, because of some... Inexperienced, losing in the regional against a crafty veteran pitcher, but the the sky is the limit, the ceiling is the roof, in my opinion, for Texas Tech baseball this year. And there's all sorts of things that you can do with a freshman in college athletics. Um, you can push through. You can have the freshman wall. You can surprise everyone. A lot of guys go out there and just don't look like freshmen. Um, A lot of opportunities here on Texas Tech Baseball. You had Hudson White, the Big 12 freshman of the year last year. You might have three or four in the running for that this year if everything holds course. Now, three games in, baseball is a long, long season. Uh, You certainly do not want to overreact in legitimate terms. Obviously, Tim Tadlock's going to tell you to be where your feet are, uh, but right now your feet are in a pretty good position. All right, back to the text line. One more here before we head to the break. If I can open up the text line. Good grief. Technology, man. Uh, this uh, texture asking for thoughts on M. Haver teasing a potential Pac 12 Big 12 merger on Twitter. If we have to, we'll talk about it. Let's take the break. We'll come back, get into those rumors. Um, it, this guy on Twitter, he's a volume shooter. So we'll talk about the shooting he's doing on Twitter and, and the potential implications when we come back. It's Rob Bro Show, Talk Three Point Nine News, Money, Sports. Welcome back into the show, the Rob Bro Show, Talk 13.9 News, Money Sports. Gavin Cash, Cash Money, tripling in a run for Texas Tech, uh, retaking the lead 6-5. to five. Austin Green walked to lead off the inning, got to second on a, oh, was it, a fielder's choice, I guess. Unassisted to first base for Ty Coleman, uh, but he got the run over and then the triple gets him in. Solid, solid baseball happening for Texas Tech. But let's get to the rumors on the Big 12-Pac-12 merger. Uh, coming out from one person, one person that acts like he has a bunch of sources. Uh, I'm not saying he doesn't. Um, He's been right a lot, this M. Haver guy. M-H-V-E-R-3. Nobody knows who he is. He disappears for months at a time. Um... But he also gets some stuff right. But but again, if I tweeted a thousand times about conference realignment and got 17 tweets right and only those 17 tweets got retweets and traction because those were the right ones, i look like a genius. That is exactly what this guy does. He tweets so much. And a lot of it is nothing burgers, but some of it is correct. So you kind of have to push through what may or may not be accurate. Uh, Is there a Big 12 Pac-12 merger on the table legitimately? No, there is not. Not a merger. Not a merger. Does the Big 12 want some Pac-12 schools? Yes. They have wanted some Pac-12 schools, but that will not be a merger. It will be those schools joining the Pac-12 Or the Big 12. It will be the four corner schools or whoever else leaving the Pac-12. The Pac-12 will have nothing to do with the new Big 12. Beyond some schools. Now, it is more, 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 more likely to me that Stanford and Cal will be independent by the end of this thing. Or at least not involved in a major college athletics program. Everyone thought it was USC originally, but when they went to the Big Ten, it obviously wasn't. Unless they really just hated the Big 12. Stanford and Cal have ruined any chance that the Pac-12 has legitimate ways to do business with anyone else in the future. And again, in my opinion, it does not make sense to take eight Pac-12 schools at this point. At all. San Diego State is begging to be in the Big 12. The Pac-12 is their fallback plan. Boise State has been begging to get in any conference ever for the last 10 years. Nobody wants them. If you're the Big 12, I don't see a legitimate reason To take Oregon State and Washington State, except for if you get to 20 schools, do you know what you are? Legitimately, if you're at 20 schools in the Big 12, you're the Big 12 West, a.k.a. the Pac-12, and the Big 12 East, a.k.a. the Big 12. Now, is that a merger? I guess in the literal sense... But it's not the Pac-12 surviving. George Klayakov is not going to be co-commissioner. Instead of merger, the question is, is the Big 12 going to eat the Pac-12? Maybe. But if there are legitimate conversations about this, the Pac-12 is begging for it. Begging for it. And if Oregon, Washington, and the four corner schools want to come to the Big 12, by all means, let them in. But the thought that it's going to be a merger, I think, is off base. It is going to be uh, a swallowing. The Pac-12 is Jonah. The Big 12 is the whale. And if the whale wants to eat the Pac-12 and let them survive in its stomach for a while, that will happen. But there's no legitimate world that we live in right now in college athletics where the Pac-12 exists and the Big 12 exists, and it's called the Big 12 Pac-12 Conference. And I guess you could envision a world where it's the big athletic conference or the big pack or whatever else, and it's the big division and the pack division and the conference of 12. I don't know what you want to call it. I I just, I don't see how that helps anyone. You're still fighting to one conference championship. You're still competing for 12 playoff spots. There would be 20 schools trying to get two playoff appearances. It would water down the basketball product because you wouldn't get as many quad one opportunities. It would water down the baseball package because you wouldn't play everyone every year. There's no, there's no value in that. There's no value legitimately right now Because you weren't first to get to 20, or 16. Now, if you take who you have right now and get the Arizona schools, Oregon, and Washington, and that's your 16, that's valuable. That is valuable. But adding Oregon State and Washington State, especially in a, like, basketball... And forcing Oklahoma State to play two quad three games in the middle of conference play instead of having 17 quad one games that you can play in a conference does not help the basketball conference. It waters it down. And if you're stuck with a schedule that has a bunch of Pac-12 schools on it instead of the really legitimate Big 12 conference play you get right now and Houston and West Virginia as a program and Kansas, it waters it down. It doesn't help. Arizona and Oregon, yeah, bring them on to the Big 12 basketball world. Bring them on to the Big 12 baseball world. Bring them on to the Big 12 football world. But I have... Zero, zero interest in a full-on let's-help-the-PAC-12-and-be-generous kind of communication here because you just also fill your roster. And when those Pac-12 schools come open, would you rather have a spot for Miami or be stuck with Oregon State? Would you rather have the opportunity in the future to add an NC State or a Virginia Tech or be stuck with Washington State and Pullman and have a bunch of quad three basketball teams and bum programs every other year in other sports? Again, if you're coming to me with M. Haver as your source, the dude is a volume shooter. He does not base his stuff in facts. He just hears things and either reports, and I legitimately think some of his sources are like, hey, I read this in a Dennis Dodd piece. Here's my version of it. It's a source. Hey, I was listening to John Wilner's podcast, and he kind of said this, here's a source. Hey, my cousin's brother in law works in this athletic department and he heard about a Zoom in three weeks. Here's a source. Now, if this is Oliver Lux Burner and he has legitimate ties, okay, maybe. But right now, when he says uh, ESPN would get the Pac-10 content for around twenty million per school, and Fox gets the Pac-10 content at a fantastic deal like they wanted, uh, and then Amazon fills out the Big 12 market with a game of the week because of a merger, I guess it's a dream scenario. But again, it's why keep the Pac-12 alive if you're the Big 12? Why? Why tie yourself to Stanford and Cal who went no part of it? If Stanford, Cal, Oregon State, and Washington State are in any deal that is being discussed, say no. And that is an easy no for me. Easy. All right. Let's uh, take the break and look forward, I guess, to March 7th when M. Haver says there's going to be a meeting. There's also meetings, I guess, potentially for basketball only schools, and two additions for full participants. We'll see. If you could only have two out of the Big Twelve, out of the Pac-12, join the Big Twelve, who would it be? If you could only have two, who would they be? It's Rob brochure Talk 103.9 News Money Sports. We'll be back after this. Texas Tech baseball now trailing 8-6 after a three-run bomb by McGee. In the top of the eighth inning. 8-6, to bottom of the eighth inning. Josh Sanders bounces back for a strikeout to end the inning. Uh, lots of breaking balls there from Josh Sanders. If you take the lead, I'm assuming there will be a pitching change for the ninth inning you might have one regardless. Uh, Josh Sanders going several innings today, uh, giving up some runs there, eight to six. Nolan Hester at bat the top of the order for Texas Tech, a good opportunity to get back into the lead. But uh, tough day at the park for some pitching in Texas Tech. And uh, Nolan Hester has walked to start the conference. Uh, the conference, the 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 eighth inning. I am reading. And trying to talk at the same time, it's tough sometimes. Overreaction Monday, this is from the text line, 806-855-3712. Traveled with a friend Friday to Fort Stockton following the Monterey girls program and there went over El Paso. Aaliyah Chavez had 34 points for Monterey. What are your thoughts on this talented sophomore? Uh, at some point, words can't even express the thoughts for Elia Chavez and what she's done this season. Uh, as a sophomore... With five games remaining, she passed the career mark, the career mark in scoring for Monterey in two seasons, a season and a half, really. Mm -hmm. Um, The only district loss that Monterey had was a game that she did not play in. Uh, They beat Cooper twice. Uh, The question here Amarillo and Monterey play tomorrow night. Who do you believe advances to the regionals? By the way, Texas Tech uh, baseball man on there. Uh, by the way, that uh, Monterey girls game will play tomorrow night at 6 p.m. on Lone Star 99.5. And we also have three games tomorrow on KKM right here on Talk 103.9. Starting at 4 p.m., uh, the Monterey boys, the Coronado boys, and the Estacado girls back-to-back-to-back, 4, 6, 7, 30. Uh, those games will air right here on Talk 103.9. Uh, so tune in to playoff basketball action again tomorrow. Three games right here starting at 4 p.m. A triple header and then a Lone Star 99-5 Monterey game. Uh, and that is a premier matchup. Uh, they have played once before. Who do I think will win? I think Monterey wins again tomorrow. Uh, they won 63-54. Amarillo has a really good defense. Monterey has a really good offense. They score 79 points a game. Amarillo scores 60 points a game. But they do not allow a lot of points. Uh, teams have scored 1,300 points against Amarillo this year, and they've scored 2,200. On the opposite side, Monterey has given up about 1,500 points and has scored 2,600. So a lot, a lot of... Uh, action here Monterey number one in the state in 5A girls basketball in their division nationally ranked 23rd second in the state overall Amarillo fourth in the state of Texas overall second in 5A this is number one versus number two in these playoffs Uh, 30 and three versus 32 and four again uh, I believe their only away loss was in the box. I believe that game was at the box. It might have been neutral site. It was early in December, but really, really intense matchup here tomorrow night. Uh, and again, uh, the right to, you know, move on in the playoffs and get to the state tournament and all that. Monterey is a really good team and a really good opportunity to state championship. They have to get through Amarillo first. And again, this might be the toughest matchup they have remaining with uh, number 1 and number 2 going at it tomorrow night. Again, that game on Lone Star 99.5. David Thetford on the call, I believe. Uh, Texas Tech has scored. No outs still in the bottom of the eighth inning. Gage Harrelson doubles to right center. Nolan Hester walked to lead off, and he scored. Uh, Gage Harrelson is fast. Fast, but that game was a true, or that ball was a true gap hit. Um, and he walks into second base. Nolan Hester all the way. So now eight to seven, no outs. Again, you're at the top of the lineup there for Texas Tech baseball. Uh, and just looking at what Texas Tech has done so far, um, obviously, if they come back and win this one, it is a huge, huge accomplishment early in the season. You got to take wins when you get them, obviously. Uh, but a four-no start. Would be strong, but if you look at who's done it, no one hester a transfer in, but Gage Harrelson, a freshman, uh, Bazell, a freshman, Austin Green, newcomer, uh, Gavin Cash, newcomer, Curtis, Jarrett Curtis, uh, pinch ran for Gavin Cash, Tabor fast in now. I don't believe he's had an at bat yet. Uh, Dylan Maxey got uh, some time behind the plate today. Hudson White comes in earlier with a hit and an RBI and a pinch hitting opportunity. Uh, Owen Washburn also yet to get hit on the season, but uh, you you trust that Owen Washburn can figure it out. And then Will Burns hitting ninth uh, also struggling early in his career, but uh, obviously opening weekend you're going to have some opportunities to uh, get some hits. And I believe Hudson White went five or six games last year. He might have got he might have got a hit in Arlington, but. He started really slow last year and then just was really good in Big 12 play. Um, and I have full faith. A lot of these guys who aren't starting fast will finish fast. Uh, I I am really high on this Texas Take baseball team. I mean, when you have a couple of classes in a row that you've had and you have this sophomore lineup and these freshmen and the pitching that you've been able to retain, you, you kind of wish that you had Chase Hampton back. Or some of these other guys back uh, from the last couple of years. But good grief. You are loaded. And if you can find enough bullpen and enough starters. And get them in the right positions. Which I have full faith that Tim Tadlock can do. I mean a Big 12 championship is on the table. TCU I think is really good. Oklahoma State is, is pretty good too. But. I'm not saying I'm buying Omaha tickets yet, even though I want to go regardless. But I I think I'll be watching Texas Tech and Omaha this year. Um, and again, that's not just because they're 3-0 against Gonzaga. I just feel that the roster that's put together, the the talent, the obvious coaching that is being done. And, and Tim Tadlock has proven himself as a great head coach and, and a program builder. You kind of just have the faith on that alone. All right, let's take the final break of the hour when we come back. Texas State Baseball, we're in a pitching change currently, uh, so we'll update you on Gonzaga's new pitcher as well after a couple of at-bats. We don't want to steal the thunder from the actual broadcast, uh, but we do want to update as we go. That's the Rob bro Show. Talk three point nine News Money Sports. Welcome back. It's Rob Brosho. Talk one hundred three point nine. News, money, sports, action happening in the Big Twelve baseball world with Texas Tech in action against Gonzaga. Game four of this series, Texas Tech winning three over the weekend. Bottom of the eighth inning, it is now tied eight to eight. Uh, Tabor Fast, I mentioned, might get his first at-bat. He got uh, pinch hit for by Ryan Brome, And he had a sacrifice fly. Gage Harrelson scoring on the sacrifice. Bazell advancing to third. And then they uh, intentionally walked Ty Coleman. Austin Green striking out in there as well. So two outs. Bottom of the eighth inning, tied 8-8. to Uh, Hudson White currently at the plate we will update that as we move along back to the text line uh, i asked earlier two schools that you would want to see in the big 12 if you could only we'll call it merge because that's what people are saying merge with the pac 12 if you could only bring two over if you could only eat two if you only steal two Uh, If you could only pirate two teams from the Pac-12, who would they be? This texter saying Arizona State because it would be fun to watch tech baseball or basketball while seeing a Rangers spring training game. The second is Arizona because of their good basketball program. Uh, And those have been my top two choices for a long time, but I think legitimately Oregon is the prized possession of the Pac-12 as far as the Big 12 goes. Well, what if they want to leave later? Okay. All right. Fine. But if you can have them in the Big 12 for four years, six years, I think that helps the brand more than having the Arizona schools. And Oregon is a national brand. The Arizona schools are solid brands, but Oregon is a national brand. I'm not saying they're Texas or Oklahoma, but they're closer than some of the teams that you've been projected to take. There are other schools out there that are trying out there that are trying desperately to get into the, the Big Twelve. San Diego State is one of them. Uh, back to the text line, uh, dear bro, how are you? I'm fine. Did you wrestle in high school? No, we did not have a wrestling team in high school. I did not wrestle. Uh, my nephew could dominate me right now, I think. Uh, I don't think, I know. Um, he's a beast. Uh, why don't more colleges have wrestling programs? Uh, a lot of it is Title IX. If you have a, a men's program, you have to have a women's program. If Texas Tech added men's wrestling, uh, I certainly think they could probably add like a women's gymnastics or women's wrestling team as well. Uh, I do not know um, why. I would assume it's because a wrestling program probably just eats money. Uh, but if you want to cheer for a Big 12 school, Oklahoma State, that's hard to say, but Oklahoma State is a really good wrestling program. Uh, I would lean toward Iowa State. Iowa State is a really good wrestling program. And I think, like, northern Iowa or, or North. North Iowa or something is also in the Big 12. I would have to look back at the Big 12 wrestling programs because it is a an odd collection. Like Montana? Uh, you know what? I'm going to try to do this on the fly because the, the Big 12 wrestling teams are odd. Uh, you know, good for them, but uh, so it's in Tulsa. Okay. The Big 12 website is just absolute, absolute garbage. All right, we're going to have to do this later. Uh, back to the text line. Uh, Rob, impressive breakdown of the Lady Plainsman with more of the senior post player going to the Lady Raiders. Chavez is looking to be recruited by top ten, pro, top five programs. Uh, what do you see as her early prospect for I mean, everyone. Everyone will be looking at Aliyah Chavez. She'll be the number one recruit in the country. Um, I think she might already be as, as a sophomore. Um, sh- she's not going to be the, you know, the 6'4, 6'6 athlete that that somebody might want to go get, but as far as guard play goes and shooting ability and scoring ability, which I think will translate to the college level easily. And she is going to be a a prized pick. And she will demand the top level of NIL money from whatever NCAA program she goes to and will probably be the most well-paid women's college basketball player uh, in her class. I mean, I think... Like, you look at it, UConn, South Carolina, um, Notre Dame, Duke, Texas, Baylor, like, the top women's programs. And I think Texas Tech probably still has a chance. I don't think they're out of it. I don't know what they're looking for. Um, but you're obviously looking for talent and she has it. I didn't realize how much of a high school hoops you're calling this year. Thanks for working the high school circuit of high school basketball, Rob Rolls. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I did call a uh, Monterey game this year. I called some other games, but, uh, certainly every Tuesday and Friday we have high school basketball right here on KKM, whether I'm calling it or board hopping it. Um, we are involved and that's through Texas Sports Marketing. So shout out to them as well. And we will have that triple header tomorrow. Uh, two teams in the Pac-12 that I would want in the Big 12: Oregon, Washington. First, then the two Arizonas. Either pair, but brand power in Oregon and Washington is superior. Yes, I agree. I agree. All right, one last final Texas Tech update: eight to eight, top of the eighth, top of the ninth inning, and uh, Damian Bravo is pitching in a tied ball game. Top of the ninth. All right, that was a show. We'll have another show tomorrow, starting with the Raiderland and then the Rob Bro Show, Damian Bravo striking out his first victim. I've been Rob Bro, I'll be Rob Bro tomorrow. The Raiderland, 11 a.m. We'll see you then.